Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Joel Green about how he motivates others. Joel is a CEO of Pro Level Training, the national director of Nike Sports Camps, a former professional basketball player, and a renowned motivational speaker. After retiring from his career in professional basketball, Joel founded Pro Level Training, PLT, which has become a seven-figure company. In addition to running PLT, Joel is also the national director for Nike Sports Camps, as well as an accomplished speaker. He was honored to speak to thousands, and he has also delivered his own, his own TED Talk. Joel's unique differentiator in business and as an individual is his ability to see life objectively from multiple vantage points. Unfortunate circumstances as a youth helped to groom and refine Joel into adulthood. Growing up in an abandoned home and seeing both sides of life has really helped him to connect with people over time. A thought leader in the motivational category, Joel has a BA in psychology from Ryder University, which has helped to fuel his ambition to inspire others. He has developed a reputation for personal excellence and motivational talks that contribute tangible advice for attaining desired goals. Many of the messages he has delivered are conveyed in his book, Filtering, The Way to Extract Strength from the Struggle, which was released in September of 2022. In addition, Joel is a professional sports and fitness model and actor, and he has been featured in commercials, ads, and on television. Most recently, he was the face of Cheez-It Crackers Community Crunch Classics campaign, in which he was solely featured on millions of snack boxes. Joel is known for setting very ambitious goals for himself, most recently his own challenge of reading 30 books in 30 weeks. He has unflinchingly put in 18 to 20 hour workdays with great joy to make his dream a physical manifestation. He attributes his work ethic to his unwavering faith and his passionate desires for excellence, both of which have allowed him to overcome many difficulties and life challenges. Welcome, Joel. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate everything. <laughs> so what kind of got you to start the entrepreneurial aspect? I, I feel like I've always had the, the bug, the entrepreneurial bug. Even as a child, I used to create my own board games. I made one that actually ended up coming out about close to 30 years after. It wasn't from me, but it literally, I saw it on the shelves in Target a few years ago and uh, I bought it because I recognized it in the store. My son actually recognized it in the store said, Daddy, that looks like the game that you you created because I still have what I made when I was 11 years old. It was a Monopoly game that actually came out a few years ago. So I, I've always had the bug to start things, to create my own. And, and even before starting pro level training, I had, you know, you know how, how it goes. I had about four or five that just went under four or five other ideas that were amazing ideas. They just weren't me. So they... It was hard for them to sustain themselves because they weren't a passion of mine. Uh, but once I got into the realm of sport and started a company there, that was it was second nature. For sure. So now with what would you say your work is type of idea? Like, is it the pro level coaching? Is it the pro level training or is it something else? My primary my priority at this point is pro-level training. That's where I spend the majority of my time. Now hiring coaches and trainers, me now being more behind the scenes uh, business-wise. And we have camps nationally across the country now. So 
it's a lot of work goes into the setup of that, you know, uh, making sure that we're well prepared and everyone's well groomed for the upcoming summer, um, which is our high time. We have camps throughout the entire year uh, with our Nike sports camps, but we want to make sure the grooming process is, is, is tight, is complete uh, and sharp. That way, once the camps come, it's on, you know, we're, we're doing right by the kids and by the parents and things like this. So I spent a lot of time, you know, mapping out and playing our camps and the overall training uh, on the court and on the field. So with your motivational speaking, do you kind of have like a certain demographic that you speak to in that regard? Not really, not uh, in particular. I, I used to, uh, when I began, I began speaking to middle schoolers, you know, high schoolers, elementary school, but now I'll speak to different organizations, companies, um, you know, universities, you know, I, I love that component now because they can, you know, really understand things from the adult side. You know, uh, when I began speaking, just for sake of getting over my fear of speaking, I started off with elementary school, you know, because I feel like they weren't going to judge me as an adult. Right? <laughs> you know, it, it was so much easier. It was almost like many times talking to stuffed animals, right? You know what I mean? It was like, that's how I used to practice. You know, this is over a decade ago, but the moment I started talking to kids, it was just, it felt good too. They made you feel amazing. You know, when you would tell a story, um, their questions were always amazing. Uh, so my demographic used to just be, you know, elementary, middle school and high school. Uh, but now I, I love speaking to adults as well because it, they really, the connection is different. Mm-hmm, for sure. So you can answer this with either demographic or bit company in mind, but how do you get in front of your ideal avatar? Mm-hmm. Well, now I have an agent that helps with the process. Uh, but honestly, more often than not, it's a referral. You know, somebody may speak to someone here and all of a sudden someone else may be contacting me. I uh, said, hey, we heard about you through this platform or we saw you on that, that platform. We saw you speaking. We saw you on television or something like that. Someone touched base with me. If it makes sense, then we do it. I love impact. So I love to try to always see what we can make happen. You know, it's not all, it's not a money thing with me. Obviously, time is money. My time is valuable, as everyone is. But I love to just make, overall make an impact and try to make something happen for whoever inquires uh, and tries to request me. Which is fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I believe it is. Right, right, right. <laughs> Are there certain social media platforms that you find work better for you, or that you're on? Absolutely. You know, I, I'll be, I'm contacted through Instagram. I feel more than any any other platform. I'm also more active on Instagram. I have a personal Facebook page. I have a professional Facebook page, but for whatever reason, uh, Instagram seems to be where I get the most you know, DMs to, you know, hey, can you do X, Y, Z? Are you able to come on to this or that platform? So Instagram is definitely where uh, I feel like I'm most active and and engaging in conversation with other people. That's fun. So what are a couple big goals that you're looking to achieve in the next year or two? Next year or two? Yeah. I would say in the next two years, for sure, is to have 100 camps nationally. And internationally, uh, across you know, under pro level training, our pro level training Nike camps again, we've they've been growing rapidly. I mean, it, it, they've been growing rapidly year over year. So the goal in two years to have at least 100 camps nationally is getting there. We have we'll have about set we'll have 70 plus this year, 
And, um, you know, with a few other implementations, it'll get there. But honestly, just to continue to grow the company overall. And here's a goal of mine that I expressed to a few uh, my family members recently. I said, as the company grows, I want to also be able to create more freedom and time for myself and my son. You know, I'm a father first before all of this. You know, I have a nine-year-old son, so I enjoy that side of life more than anything else, more than any business, more than any speaking, any basketball. And everybody knows me. I love <laughs> basketball. But so I, I want to begin to hire other people, give them opportunities so that I can actually take a step back and just really run things truly behind the scenes. I don't need my face in front of everything. I don't need my name on everything. I I enjoy the background. I actually was going to ask you about that because that intro I gave, it seems like you're very busy <laughs> Very. <laughs> and just what you, do you do to make sure that you have a balanced life? I prioritize. It's a very, I'm very intentional about it. You know, if I have to, I write it down to make sure and I make sure I'm, I'm, I'm a disciplined person. So I make sure I stick to whatever I plan for myself. And priority is always God, family, and everything else, as they say. And that's just really how it is for me. So my priority is God, even before my son, before myself, you know, because if, if that relationship is good, everything else is good. So for me, beyond that, I just make sure I take care of home. And as long as my son is happy, I'm happy. And I can go about everything else with a happy heart, you know, business, everything. Right? So <laughs> You can um, focus on the other stuff. I can, yeah, without knowing that, that burden in the back of my mind is like, oh, I didn't take care of this or, oh, he's sad about that. So I mean, that's really how I go about it. If if I make sure things are in alignment, I'm cool. And as long as I'm I'm a fitness junkie, so as long as I'm, I'm exercising, that lets me relieve any tension or stress that I feel. That's a big component for me. Um, you know, we all have stresses. We all have anxieties that randomly may come up because something is coming up or looming that you have to take care of. Me working out, even stretching, sometimes it just takes it away. So um, I'm just big on prioritizing things and, and sticking to it. Which is huge on any goal, right? Absolutely. So going back to some of the big goals that you would like to achieve, what do you feel is the number one roadblock that is affecting you getting there? The number one roadblock, I'm a uh, competitive creator. So it's kind of hard for me to say that there's going to be, a, you know, that there's road, a number of roadblocks. I figure out, I always try my best to figure out a way. But I would say what I've recognized would be connecting with dependable people to help the process. Because I'm not going to do it on my own. You know, so me saying, let's, you know, we want to do 100 plus camps and things like that. It's not just going to be me doing them. So <laughs> I'm going to need some very dependable people to help execute on this. And, you know, the onboarding process, bringing on quality individuals that we can soon trust things like that. Because um, again, you don't trust someone as soon as you bring them on board. You know, I have to see them, gauge things, measure, see how the activity is, and then I'll, I'll trust them soon, hopefully. And um, so that's just, I would say, if there's been any roadblock I've seen, we find, found ways to get over it. But I have found that to be a hiccup from time to time, just thinking someone was quality and dependable, and all of a sudden they actually aren't as you thought. So I would say that may be one right there. 
was it hard for you to let's say give up the reins and let other people step into some of those roles that they're fulfilling now absolutely absolutely look I'll, I'll be honest with you like Virginia like when I first started the company I did it all on my own you know for the first two or three years or so and you know once it began growing I said okay let me reach out to my network leverage my networks you know look into people I know that can help expand this around the country and as I began doing it bit by bit I you know I said, okay, I'm, I'm trusting them to execute here to do what I've been doing, but now to do it elsewhere on their own with my guidance, of course. But it took some time. I'll be honest, it probably took a good five or six years. This is total transparency to say, all right, you completely got it. It's on you. I don't have to check in on you. Now, if you need anything, check in on me. And that's it helped me to improve in delegation because it got to the point to where I was, I felt like I was taking on too much because I was micromanaging. And that stress was a great indicator for me to step away. Say, okay, release the reins, go ahead, trust them. If you train them, now you got to trust them. If you don't trust them, that means you have to do better with training. And for me, that was the main thing from, you know, from the professional side, I held myself accountable. If I don't trust them, that's my fault. Right. I like what you said, like, I need to do better on my training, right? Like if, so if something's wrong, it's not, let's say just them, mm-hmm. right? You always have to like see where you went wrong in it. Exactly, exactly. So what's the best advice that you've ever been given? Uh, I would say it's from uh, one of my grandfathers. Um, you know, unfortunately it was on his deathbed. Uh, it's, I wrote about it in, in my book. It's a story. And he, he told me, not to ever let anyone make me think I can't do something. And I was about, I was, what, 19, 19, 20 years old. And it just it stuck with me because it, it wasn't just a, a surface level thing. When he said, don't let anyone make me think, he got into my mind at that point. He's like, don't let anyone into your mind and control you internally. And because that means that... All of a sudden, they have strings on you. You can control you like a puppet at that point. So that's one of the the best pieces of advice I've ever been given because that's how I operate. I make sure that this is stronger than everything else. You know, I make sure my mind is so strong because I know, especially in the day that we live in, man, social media age, you can just be controlled by so much. Your mind, if you once your mind, once it pulls your mind, your body's going to follow. So. I'm just so big and again, having a degree in psychology and I read up on this stuff every single day. Still, it's a passion of mine. I love psychology. I protect my mind. I protect it with, with a passion. So that's, that's been the greatest piece of advice I've ever been given. I think that advice is great for anybody really. <laughs> yeah. Even in relationships. I mean, it's like, you don't want your significant other to, you know, make you think you can't do something you're not able to, you can't live up to. It's so much, it's, it's a lot of levels to it, but and it can, like you say, you can apply it almost anywhere. And I think it, doing that, like applying that, I think you might even surprise yourself, like with just what all you can accomplish and achieve. Absolutely. No question. So what's the best advice you've ever given? Oh, that's tough. That's really tough. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. It's, it's, it's three parts to it. 
Now, this is what I, I give my keynotes on often. But I'll pick one part since, you, you know, I, I'll break it down. I would say it's to need your wants. And that's something that I'm, I'm big on preaching to people um, when I'm speaking. And it's because we, we, we want so many different things. We want so many different things. We want so many different people. We want all these different things and people in our lives. And when we don't get them, we're actually okay. We move on to the next one. And for me, that showed me that wants are just options. They're optional. But needs, they're vital. Like if we don't get the things that we actually need in life, we feel that void if we don't get it. If that person that we need to be in our lives isn't there, we feel it. It hurts us. It's painful. And so for me, I tell people, you got to make a conversion. You have to start needing your wants. So if, even though those things that you want in life, right, you still desire them. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to go after those wants with a greater tenacity and passion as if you need them. Once you do it, do it that way, you'll start actually getting the things that you want and the things that you need. You'll be more fulfilled that way on a daily basis, on a regular basis. So it's just, you know, it's that's probably the best advice I've given to people because it's a applicable way to pursue things. Once you realize, OK, if I went after this as if I need it, I probably would have got it. But I didn't go after this as, as if my life depended on it. I didn't go after that meal like I just wanted it. We needed to eat tonight. So we made sure we did what we had to do to get the money, to pay for the food, to eat tonight. And if most people went about things on a daily basis in that fashion, as if things depended on it, you'll be achieving things left and right. Let's surprise ourselves. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right. I mean, that's you, you want to surprise yourself from time to time until it's no longer a surprise. And that's when it's just a habit. It's like, okay, this is who I am now. Yeah, that'd be, that's cool. So I'm curious now what the other two things are that you. <laughs> so you can kind of call it a sandwich. I mean, it's, it's I start off with having a childlike imagination. And then I go into need your wants. And then I say, focus on the journey and the childlike imagination. That's something that I have to mention to, again, myself often. And, you know, especially adults more than children, because adults, you know how it is. Once you get to a certain age, we know too much many times. Statistics, logistics, demographics, we know all these different things that actually limits our thinking and our imagination because we say, oh, that's not supposed to happen because when this person that tried it, it's statistics say only 83% of whatever, whatever achieves it. Oh, and I'm a woman, so I'm not supposed to be able to do that. No, like there's no limit, you know, to anything. And that's one thing I, I'm big on speaking to women about when I'm talking to different organizations and uh, female athletics and basketball teams and football, I mean, um, field hockey teams and things like that I speak to, I'm going to look, do not limit yourself in your thinking. You know, um, it's, it's you're capable of doing any and everything that's out there that exists. You just got to think it first and believe in yourself. And I tell people with that childlike imagination, you want to imagine and dream larger than where you currently are. And not dreaming big in a cliche way, but if you're dreaming beyond where you currently are, you literally have to grow in order to reach it. And growth is where the secret is. As you're growing, that's when you're achieving. Like you don't achieve in the end. You achieve along the way. And that spills over into the focus on the journey part of it. You know, going about things and focusing on the way. Because that the journey is where the fruit is. I mean, I don't know if you've seen a Rocky movie or anything like that to where they have the Rocky montages where he's exercising and all of this. 
I ask people all the time, what's your favorite part of the Rocky movies? And everyone always says the montage scene, not the championship fight, not the bout. They always remember the journey. And if people just were more focused on the journey, they would enjoy the process that much more. And the process is where the fruit is. Which I think is really key because a lot of times we have our goals and we have, let's say, those wants and desires. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of all we focus on instead of taking a minute and looking around us. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if we just, like you said, took a minute and just really assessed how blessed we currently are, we're not always waiting on that blessing in the end. That that thing at the end, that's just, it's a cherry on top of the Sunday that you already have. You know what I mean? Like if you just enjoy the the Sunday and not just be waiting to eat the cherry, man, you would enjoy this this thing called life so much more. I like that analogy because what I thought of was like the cherry is just so much, like such a small part of the actual dessert, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the ice cream, that Sunday, that's 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 what makes it up. That's what makes up everything. It's that it's that journey. And, um, you know, just I, I really want for people to be more in tune with the moments they're in. This is no yoga moment, but this is really like, you know, I want them to really just be more in the moment, be in the present and because it just you're more fulfilled that way. And I, I've realized that I've seen the cycles and the, the patterns of life by this point. You know, I'm 38. I've seen enough cycles of life to understand, you know, processes. And now I, I intentionally go about being more in the moment of a process opposed to complaining about a process. Because complaining doesn't get us anywhere anyway, right? <laughs> Absolutely not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so going along the lines of like the journey and focusing on the present, do you have any tips on like stop trying to live from false narratives? Absolutely. You, you have to lean into yourself. You have to learn to, you know, who you are truly. I mean, really spend time with yourself. And I mean, that's what, if you don't have that self-love, you're going to be searching everywhere else for the answers for everything instead of providing your own answers, which you very, I really feel like we have all that we need. I mean it inside of us already. Now, is there anything wrong with learning more? Of course not. But I really feel like when it comes down to different decisions that we ought to make for ourselves, we, we have the answers. But many times we don't believe the answers that we have because we don't know ourselves well enough. If you lean into yourself and, and kind of realize your strengths and your weaknesses and say, so, you know, what, I'm actually going to fortify those areas where I'm currently weak. You start believing in yourself more because you're working on yourself on a regular basis. You're learning about yourself. You start to realize why you act certain ways, why you do certain things. And again, the false narratives are external things. If we work on ourselves and just work to love ourselves, man, the narratives that exist outside of our own, we don't have to believe them. We don't have to follow them. You know, we don't have to fall for the words and the thoughts and the perceptions of other people about us because we know who we are. You know, does words still hurt? Sure. But at the end of it, you'll know. I don't have to believe that because I know who I am. And I think a large part of that is just what we perceive other people think about us. So true. So true. Yeah. So true. And that may not even be true. Right. You know, like they're, they're, they may not even think that about you. Right. 
yeah, so let's stop hindering ourselves. Mm -hmm. Just believe in ourselves. Take time to know ourselves and what kind of eggs we like instead of liking whichever someone else likes. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's so, I'll be honest, it's difficult now because we, we have, literally we have access. We're in a day and age where we have access to thousands of people by way of social media. Literally, we can have thousands of friends, friends, quote unquote, you know, <laughs> which means we're now under the influence of thousands of people. Oh, that outfit is cute. I want that. She said, this is the outfit of the year. Oh, that must be the outfit of the year. And it's like, we, we, we must have what they have because they said this and, oh, that looked great on them. So it must look good on me. And all of a sudden you get it and it don't look good. good. Like it's, <laughs> we're influenced by so many people and things at once. This day and age, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's, it's a jumbled mess. It is like, it's, it can kill people's self-esteem. And I'm like, Please take some time and know who you are so you are not influenced by everyone else. And I get it. I've been guilty of it, so I understand it. But I'm so intentional about no longer having it happen. Gone are the simple days of our childhood, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right, right. <laughs> Had a full conversation with a buddy about that yesterday. We were talking about Nickelodeon and, and, and <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark and all these things from the 90s and 80s. It was like, it's, uh, this stuff does not exist anymore. Right. <laughs> Super retro. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed having you with us today, Joel. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. I've enjoyed being on. Is there anything that you wanted to share with us that we haven't touched on yet? Well, you, you touched on complaining gets us nowhere. And I, I like that. One thing I tell people often is, you know, you have to develop a new concept when it comes to this thing. Realize that the things that we often will complain about today, tomorrow we'll turn about we'll turn around and brag about what we overcame. We complained our way through, we endured. All of a sudden, once we endured, we turn around and literally we will brag about what we overcame. So, what I want people to begin doing is complain less, do more, and just endure. Once you get to the other side, then you can look back and brag on it truly with a proud heart, knowing. You went through this thing the right way. Complaining literally will get you nowhere, just like you said, you know. So it was like, just realize you're going to brag about this. Stop complaining about it. Don't don't want to stop it. You're going to brag about this. Just know it. You're going to get through the way life works is as long as you're moving, you're going to get through this thing. Time will help you and so many other resources will help you. So if, if people can just develop that concept of complaining less, doing more and just endure your self-esteem, your self-confidence will go up that much higher at the end of the process. I was going to say that the the energy too will be different that you portray and give off with it. And so it'll be easier to get through it. It'll be easier. And honestly, your energy will be more attractive. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you'll pull people in throughout the process to help you get through to the other side because complaining actually is a repellent. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't want to be around people that's complaining all the time. You know, I'm just being honest. I don't mind venting, but I don't want to be around people that's complaining all the time. You know, venting is like, okay, you just get stuff off your chest. Cool. Complaining is like, you're acting like you have no power over the situation. I don't like that. You have power over it. So 
Complaining is a repellent. So again, it won't be attract. There won't be an attractive amount of energy in that at all um, to help propel you to the other side by way of getting help and things like that. So you're so right. Cool. Where can we learn more about you and what you do? Well, uh, my website, joelbgreen.com. Uh, quite a bit about me on there or my company's site, prolevelTraining.com. I'm also, again, as I mentioned earlier, on Instagram, uh, jgreenplt, that's J-A-Y, greenplt. And uh, same thing on Facebook, Joel Green or Joel B. Green. And uh, definitely would love to, to connect with you guys and just um, continue conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you again. No, thank you, Virginia. I appreciate it. Have a great day and we'll chat soon. You too. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.